It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On Pacers podcast. Before we start this show real fast, obviously a lot is going on across the country right now. Um, I address it in a podcast on Friday uh, through the words of Malcolm Brogdon, the Pacer guard, who uh, wrote a really nice column and has been out there um, protesting in Atlanta. And I think he said he was going to join the one in Indy. Um, when he returns. Um, if you want to kind of hear what we thought about it and just some of the discussion that we kind of had through kind of Brogdon's own words, check out that podcast. Um, as always, you know, we don't have a huge platform here at uh, Locked On Pacers, but we have a platform nonetheless, and we want to be um, a place that can help in any way possible. So you can tweet us at Locked On Pacers, any ideas, anything, DM us, anything we can do to help um, either promote on our podcast to help, um, you know, I don't want to say solve, but um, move towards better racial relations in this country in any way possible, whether it's donating to bail funds, donating to whatever we can. So any way we can help, feel free to let us know, and we will try to do our best to promote it on this show. We don't have a huge platform, but we do have a platform. Now is today's podcast with me and Tony on the NBA returning. All right, so uh, I'm joined by Tony East, as always, for our weekly show. Um, Tony, usually we start with a joke, so I'm talking to a man who has uh, – is able to get a testing, does have a testing plan against coronavirus, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm super hyped about the league return, and I'm happy we get to talk about basketball and the Pacers playing basketball. But they basically just were like, yep, here's how we're playing, and they did not answer any safety questions at all. So, so I'm sure – well, I saw that Adam Silver's doing media, like, this coming week, so I'm sure 90% of the questions will be about that. But right now I'm like, uh, well. <laughs> so – I assume they're going to follow the IndyCar. So I know NASCAR returned, but I don't really care about NASCAR. But I know IndyCar returned on Saturday, and I watched the race. And so, um, luckily, Marina, my girlfriend's dad, is an uh, engineer for one of the teams, so I got to hear about everything. Maybe it was the engineer, Marina? General manager. Sorry, it's general manager. I, I demoted Whoa. his title. Demoted his title. Whatever. He's a very high-ranking like person. Way for, uh, yeah, <laughs> way demoted him. I guess at one point he was an engineer for uh, one of the racing teams. So I got an idea of what the protocol's like. So. Here's how they did it there, right? And it'll be different because the NBA is going to be an isolated bubble. But basically, they got tested before they went on a plane this morning at like – or Saturday morning at like 6 a.m. Then they got to Texas where they were tested before they entered into the raceway. Um, and then they had the, – they, they were all required to stay in there, you know, in the raceway. They separated. They did it by teams. and Everybody had to wear a mask. There's like a fine. If you, apparently, there's like a very strict fine to take your mask off. $50,000 apparently per team or 10 there's somebody's not wearing a mask. Uh, and then they just spent the whole day there. They did, you know, qualifying and they did race. And then they finished, went home. And I believe they're testing again when they get home. And that, and then that's wow. they're doing it. Basically. So they, I think they get tested two or at least two or three times at least, basically, to one another and the exposure. And then they've tried to limit the exposure of the team, the racing teams, right? There are multiple teams. So they have put their pits by each other, right? If you're, you know, he works for uh, Arrow, Schmidt, Peterson, McLaren, I think is the team name or something like that. If I got, I probably missed it a little bit. But so they have like two cars. So both their cars are next to each other in the pits and everything. So there was some kind of separation between the, you know, them and like Penske's team and Ganassi's team. So that's how that worked. I don't know how the NBA is going to work, but I imagine it'll be something similar where teams are 
isolated in ways plus lots of testing all the time, like as much as possible. Yeah, Sham said the testing starts June 22nd, and that is only pertinent to me because that date is before all the teams get to Orlando and it's daily testing. So that is when they're in their own market for practices. So like before they even return to their own practice arena for this faux training camp, stuff like that, they'll be tested every day, probably in and out like they did, like you just said, for IndyCar. So that I get, but like if they're in this bubble and there's non-players and there's some family members, like, you know, how are they going to keep all those people like on one floor, I guess? And what happens if someone gets it? You know, those are the questions that I still have. And, you know, what are they allowed to do since it's campus environment? They say, I, you know, there's a lot that I am, am intrigued by. I know daily testing like helps a lot. You know, that that's part of the reason they had to delay for so delay is the wrong word, but that's why it's been suspended for so long. But, you know, I, I'm still concerned, especially because, you know, Woj was bringing this up. Like there's three coaches over 65. That's alarming for them. So they have to take a ton of precautions that they haven't talked about yet. Yeah. And that's, and the question also going to come, we talked about for a while, but if somebody tests positive, what happens right. then, right? And I, I think the idea, right, if they're all in bubbles and whatnot is hopefully if somebody tests positive, it's in the, like the preliminary round, right? So like if they bring them in in the week before, that way then they have time to recover and get better yeah. and not test positive. That way, like, like, let's say, I mean, I'm able like Brian tested positive, right? Well, if he tests positive, let's say like July 23rd, right? Well, they let's say they play a regular season or, or whatnot. He could theoretically be back by the playoffs, right? Because he'll get tested enough, he'll recover, and and then that there's that possibility, right? And then as long as they're all in this bubble, nobody will test positive, hopefully, and that creates by the end, yeah, yeah. So you don't have any weird scenarios because that's the biggest fear is like you know the day. I, I suppose the fear of people just starting with the playoffs, right? Is if you didn't have some kind of cushion, if somebody just tested positive the day before the playoffs supposed to start or whatever, the day before True. you brought them in, you could be eliminating a really, like, if like the 12th guy in the Bucks that could be eliminating the whole Bucks team, basically, which would be right. sort of an issue because you want to have some legitimate season, right? That's the whole goal is to have something where the winner is at least, you know, when you look at it 10, 15 years down the line, it's considered a legitimate winner and not some kind of like, oh, it was such a weird system kind of fraud almost in a way. Yep. Um, well, I'm hoping Silver can address those, but we got to talk about basketball. Let's get happy. Let's get people excited about hoops coming back because I'm amped. Yeah, and I think we have we didn't do that, but we should say so. the The plan right now, yeah. one, yeah, so a 22 team field that expands from the eight playoff teams on each side plus four out west and two in the east. No, oh, one in the, five, five out, out west, west five east. out west, one in the east. Right, I messed that up. Every team within six games of the eight seed in their respective conference right now. So if I do the five West that aren't in the playoffs, um, it's Pelicans, Spurs, Blazers. Who am I missing? Kings uh, and Suns. Kings and Suns, and out West, it's or out East, it's or I guess it's the Wizards, right? So then the plan. There's no set schedule yet, but the idea is you would play if any of those 22 teams are um, left on your schedule, you play those teams, and then you figure out how to fill the gaps the last whatever many games you have remaining. Right. Uh, and so in order from your schedule onward, which that does like that's what was reported by Vince Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. That doesn't work like for every team, you know, like some teams, their eighth game would already that team would already have played eight games. So like there'd be some filling in on the back. But I feel like for the first six or so games for every team, that's going to be what happens, especially because in the NBA's release itself, it said something about their schedule being the guide or their strength of schedule being the guide or something. So that makes sense to me. So I think you can use the team, every team's schedules like a pretty solid, like this will be close, but I don't know if any of them are exact. We'll break down the Pacers schedule 
as soon as it's officially released, which I imagine will be in the coming week, who knows. But do you want to talk about that now or do you want to get to that later? Like specifics? Well, let's do the schedule specifically later, I guess. Um, okay. But yeah, that's how it's going to look for every team, which is cool because I think from a fairness standpoint, like having the strength of schedule be relatively reflective of what they were going to play makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, and I think it's important because, I mean, we'll talk about seeding a little bit, but they're, they are tied with Philly right now, and I believe they they've won two of them, right? They won two of the three, so this – and they play them like, – we're supposed to play them a fourth time, so this could be kind of the deciding factor in that seed. If they end up tied at the end, right, if they right. do win that fourth game, which – would it have been a Philadelphia, so they're actually getting better off, right? Wasn't it did help – well, yeah, it did help the Pacers a little bit. Philly's, like, um, almost un- unbeatable at home, right? They were really – Yeah. So the, the, for those who haven't seen everything yet, the actual basketball return plan is they get to Orlando. They have This part isn't really laid out yet, but basically they'll have like a, two exhibition games where they'll get to Orlando early July. They'll like do some training camps and stuff like training camp kind of stuff, do the like preseason basically games. And then they'll have eight regular season games that start like July 30th through 31st. And then mid-August, they hop into the playoffs as normal after these play-in games for the eight seed. But we can say this officially, Adam, because there's eight games and the Pacers are eight and a half games ahead of the seventh seed, so they're even farther ahead of the eight seed, they're in. The Pacers are going to the playoffs. Yes, they're locked, they're locked into a top six seed. They are, yes, they are locked into top six. As soon as the Raptors win one game, they're locked into three through six, actually. So actually, I don't know if you noticed this, but if you go on the MB, uh, ESPN and look at the standings, they actually have they put it in. Yeah, they put all the X's in for teams. Hey, hey all right, spots. that's funny. Top I six in each conference are locked in right now. I haven't seen that. The Mavs well, haven't clinched yet. No, the Mavs have. So I'm can actually yeah. So the only that makes sense. There's a seven, but they're so far ahead of eight that that makes sense. Yeah, they're ten games ahead of. Yeah, oh, so I guess I guess theoretically they're ten games ahead of Portland, right? So if they lost eight in a row and Portland won eight, no, there, there's a right there's a scenario where no, they, they're in for sure because. The eight seed and the ninth seed playing the play and not seven. No, but think about no, no, but they're seven ahead of Memphis, right? So there is a scenario where if they lose all eight and Memphis wins all eight, they jump them, and then they could be within four games of Portland, Pelicans, or Kings, right? There is a scenario. Oh, that's why they haven't clinched, right? Okay, right. They're, they're, it, it's not slim. <laughs> I mean, it's slim. Like I'm, I'm not like saying it's gonna happen. But they, they need one win. <laughs> right, one win would clinch it. But there is a scenario where they could end up as the eight seed, and then not. so that's why. Yeah, so they okay, it, true, it, it's locked in. So top six in each conference have clinched, and the Pacers are one of them. So, woohoo! We get to cover the playoffs another season on this podcast, which is exciting. Yeah, I mean, since we started this podcast, they have missed the playoffs, and then they also made the playoffs true. a lot of times before then, but. I mean, it wasn't a doubt. They were probably going to clinch in, like, their next four-ish games. Right. You you, you had a countdown going. I remember that. Yeah, we, like, we did. They were a few games away. But, yeah, it's official. So, that's exciting. That'll be fun. And then they jump into the playoffs as normal, east-west, one through eight. Um, yeah. that They'll be a really fast series. But, yeah, that's that's exciting. I am kind of bummed they didn't do one through 16 league-wide seating. But I guess I get it. I don't know. Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to the whole idea is you want to have sort of this legitimate playoffs. And I think once yeah. – I do think the league could change to 1 through 16. Although I do think there's still some just like you don't want like a Portland playing a Boston kind of travel in the first round. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Right. I, I think you don't want to do anything gimmicky until you like like codify a new rule, right? Like if, what, if they did the 1 through 16 and then they didn't do it another year, it would feel gimmicky. Right, because you end up with like you probably end up with LA and LA playing in the finals most likely. Those are probably the two best teams, and then it'd be very, it feel very weird, right? right? Where like you would have, you know, what I mean, it just, I don't know. This way, this way, things kind of stay the same. And also, I wonder 
talking about like the TV revenue member, how like TNT gets East games and ESPN gets West or something like that. So that also keeps that on the line. So there's none of that issue. Right. So it just, it sort of keeps things the same. So like when you look back at it, you can kind of fall at the same way you'd fall. Right. right. I mean, like in 20 years from now, I mean, they'll talk about the season being a weird season, but like, if you just look at like the playoffs, it'll look the normal in a, you know, on a Wikipedia page for the point. Right. Back. That's what people do in history, right? That's how they kind of trace this stuff like that. So that something, way. something Adam brought up that I hadn't even thought of that I think is very interesting is about the seating, right? So like normally the three through six battle in the East really matters getting home court, but there is no home court advantage anymore. So if you're locked into playing an opponent in, in the five, four, there's no point of pushing for the four seed anymore if you're the Pacers or even the six, three, if you like your opponent, just like stay there because you're playing in basically the same gym every time, no matter what. Yes. And I think you're getting a little ahead of us. Let's take a quick break and then we'll, <laughs> we'll talk a lot more about seating. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like like a candy bar in 16 amazing flavors. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is a great way for the healthy, conscious person Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Uh, the one I like the best, I'll keep saying, is the peanut butter brownie one. It's 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 net carbs. Um, Tony, what, what is your favorite one? Oh, man. I've, I think my favorite is the same one as yours, but I really like the mint one as well. Okay. The mint one, well, mint one is 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo card, promo code, sorry, LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so talk about seating before we took a Sorry, quick break. I jumped the gun. I no, you're so fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, we, we, hit our, we hit like 10 minutes before we reached the ad break. No worries. We did, we did it. <laughs> um so seating wise right so so the Pacers are locked in at the well, not locked in they are the five seed currently um they're two back of the four seed and then i had it up well there. again though one toronto win means they're guaranteed to play one of boston miami philly first round okay and they're guaranteed one. so they're four and a half back of the three which probably is an unrealistic makeup in eight games it was probably unrealistic before when there was 18 games or 17 games left so now it's probably even less realistic so really they're probably going to be a four through six four through six yep um and really four, four and, and five half, yeah the, the boston gap four and a half games is unheard of in eight games it's impossible yeah i mean it would be it would take a really i'm, I'm not even sure if it's possible based on who they they play yep. and common opponents yep. um so and really being four or five doesn't matter anymore because it's there's no home court to it right, right. um you were talking well, actually i read this in caitlin cooper's article about the return this is a great point that i had never thought of right yeah. so so philly like yeah they they probably like to play miami because they probably think they have a better chance of beating them than boston but philly's aspirations in the postseason is title right they think they're that good so you there's a chance that like See, I'm pro playing Miami and just dealing with playing Milwaukee because if you get to the second round, you can sell that as a much bigger success than any of your prior seasons. There's a chance that Philly would like to be sixth 
to avoid Milwaukee and be able to get to the conference finals. And I never thought of that. Until well, so this is what I was going to ask you too, right? The, the biggest disadvantage between being the sixth seed, right? And depending on the Pacers goal is that you have to play back to back to back, probably serious on the road, right? Seven games. Yeah. Hey, you take that out of it. I mean, they're, is Miami that much better than Boston and that much better than Toronto? I think Toronto's gap. I, think, so. I, I, think, so. I think Miami and Boston are probably closer than. Wow. I mean, I mean it, so I guess in terms of how the Pacers play against them, right? The Pacers lost to Miami both times so far they played this year, and versus they beat the Celtics one of the, th- the three. I times. just think they match up much poorer with the Celtics than the Heat. I but, know the I know the game results say otherwise, but I I don't like like they came back huge against Boston both times. They're getting thumped, and they almost beat Miami in Miami. Without Brogdon and Depot, like I don't know, I just yeah. But also, we have to think about both the like the team they're going they're they're going to throw out there this time is going to be really different because it's going to have a fully healthy squad except for Lamb for like the first time all season, right? Yeah, Brogdon yeah. Depot played what eight games together before they injured. I understand people thinking they match up better with Boston. I just think Miami's. Um, I guess more- I guess the question to me is okay. So let's say they Duncan match Robinson up. Robinson little... is like a free guy to pick on, you know, like yeah, you but, don't have that against Boston. But let's say they match up a little bit worse with Boston and Miami, but they have, but there's a lot better chance they have of beating Miami, Boston and Toronto than there is of beating Miami and Milwaukee. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. right? So like being the sixth seed might not be the worst thing. Cause it's I, not, you can spin it either way. Because I, I personally prefer the five, four than the six, three. Right. Like if they're the four or five seed, I put their odds of being in the Eastern conference finals at like 1%. But if they're the sixth seed, I might put it more at like five or 10. Okay, right, well, right. Is that a kind of their goal should be to win one round, not two? No, I agree. <laughs> Obviously, but, winning two is great. But. but think about it: if they get to the conference finals, now maybe it won't matter because the fantasy will be all screwed up. But like you can sell that, like at a like that's for sure. I think that's why I think winning one round in general is very important. To be like, look, we're so close. Well, that, that's the thing, right? Is I think winning one round is it's sort of like it's like what's the word? It's like one in the hand versus two in the bush, right? It's like kind of you want to just win a round so you can kind of internally as an organization be like we're improving every year versus like they are that's why I think the, yeah so i, I, I saw I, crawl yeah. walk around a million times on this show yeah i know but if but the, there's there is the te- big scenario like well if they're the 60 they could go all the way to the east Here's finals, what, and then they can I, really I, sell them to somebody else put, you know put money or put numbers on this and this is why i think five is better but i understand the six being better i think the chance they beat boston is probably 20 percent and the chance they beat, they beat miami is probably like 40 percent. that's a huge difference no i i agree i i think Round by round, it definitely a better shot of beating Miami. But I'm saying it, it depends what I the think goal the chance is. Of beating the Bucks is zero percent. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but the thing is, too, the, the longer you wait to play the Bucks, it. maybe the the chance there is a, there's an injury that flips the series, right? right? I mean, if we've seen that happen a lot, in the, you know, where like you get fortunate to draw a team in the second round because of an injury, I, right? I mean, go back to Memphis. We, we, ha- we have gotten ago. a little too nitty nitty gritty from the return plan of like home court doesn't really matter, so yeah. angling for a seed is ex- is like. Extra important almost. I guess what I was going to say is I don't think the eight season games really matter. I mean, I think they matter as to how the team does chemistry-wise and how they kind of rebuild their reps. But in terms of where they end up, I'm not sure it's as big of a deal. It's more about about developing the habit so that when they end up to the playoffs, they can have a good cohesive team. But it is going to be different, right? Because it really is going to be a really healthy Oladipo. And we don't know how the players can come back in terms of shape, too. That could be an issue across the league about – who was able right. to stand shape and who wasn't, who has basketball courts and who doesn't have access to them. Um, although by now you would think they'll have about two months to prepare and most states are open and you, or you go to a state where you can kind of – Yeah, I didn't know that they opened their practice facility, but Mark Stein reported – I forget what team opened, but he said that makes every team but the Spurs. And I was like, what, what? So apparently the Pacers have been open and Scott Agnes in his most recent article, by the way, 
Yeah, yeah, awful for Scott getting laid off. Great guy. I hope he lands. Yeah. Soon, huh? um, his latest article, he talked about how Goga and Lamb and someone else has been in the practice facility doing stuff. So it's open, by the way. So they've been doing some stuff there. I know a lot of guys have still been out of state. But, yeah, yeah they I basically mean, have mid-June to the July games to get into shape. Yeah. I mean, every state that's made for California or in New York or New York City is pretty much open in the sense that, like, you can go to your job. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's not open in the sense that you can, like, go do everything. But – you get to, and that's this is their job, so that, that yeah. makes sense. And gyms are are some capacity. Oh, I I think Marion County is a little different, but maybe they called it something other than. Gym. No, but I I do imagine a a player of these of Emmy player could get a private. Now that the place can be open at least limitedly, they can probably get a private hour in a gym or whatnot, right? right? Like you don't think if Mitchell Depot called up, let's say the Monon Center and said, "I want, can I have two hours? Yeah, let's say do. five a.m. to seven a.m. <laughs> or to have it open. You know, you don't have anybody around, just me and my trainer, and he could probably, you know what I mean." Yeah, he'll, he'll say I'll give them you know whatever amount of money, or maybe the team does that or whatever. You know, there's there's that ability now, and you yeah. probably do that in Miami where he has more connections, for example. Right. That's just kind so of- yeah, I, I I think that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Is like without home court, you know, like getting in the five four was also important for me before because I think they had a bigger chance in Miami in general. But now with no yeah. home games, I don't know. You get, you know you could swing a lot of different stuff. Yeah, because I mean I I did also think going to Miami was actually. I bet. I mean, Miami's pretty good at home too. This year. I mean, all the East teams, especially the Philadelphia, teams, Miami. Yeah. But like, I for some reason, it just like mentally going to Miami seems easier than going to Boston. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but and how that might be because the Pacers actually, when they were you know five years ago with LeBron, they actually did pretty well in Miami. They won a couple games, stole a couple games, a lot of times there. Yeah. But um, you know, and it, the home court goes both ways. Where the Pacers have a pretty good home court in the playoffs, they've always had one, so that will also go the the other way when they can't have that kind of crowd that. A lot of times can energize them. I mean, we've seen huge pace of blowouts at home in the playoffs because of, I would say, partly because of the crowd and just that momentum they can build at home. So there'll be some of that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I guess at this point, it's like the seating just becomes a lot less important. It just becomes- I could do an entire debate show on wanting five four just to win a round versus avoiding Milwaukee. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I guess. I think their goals would be different than Phillies, but I guess if you think they are good enough for the conference finals, you'd want to get six. I mean, I don't. I think in that sense they're going because Philly is a team that is um, what's what the right way to put it. We're in the they're conference highly last paid year. last year. Well, Philly is a tax team almost, right? The Pacers aren't. That's also part of the reason for yeah. Philly go farther. All right, the Pacers. The Pacers lose in the first round. It's disappointing and they've mixed changes, but it's not the end of the world. If Philly lose in the first round, that team might be broken up. So there's also that yeah. part of it, right? Philly. If Philly doesn't win a first round series, they're going to look maybe look that's on like terrible. Yeah, that's true. Well, they play each other. The first game, I'm almost positive that will still happen. Well, so I'm, I'm imagining with the games too. What they figure out is they the eight teams you play stay the same, but they jumble it up to make it fit. So they can there's I don't know how to put it right. You know, so oh, I see. It's like the last game matters a lot for your playoff spot and stuff. Well, no, not not even that. Just so they can actually like make it work into a schedule, right? So like if, if they play about they play the Heat twice, right? Is what it would be, right? They're supposed to play the Heat no, twice. They don't play anybody twice. They're supposed to play Miami twice for the season ended. No, but they, the Miami wasn't in their next eight games of the teams that will be in Orlando. Oh, okay, I got you. I was thinking the eight games. Okay, now though, yeah. Well, because I thought it was, I thought that one of the scenarios and they haven't determined that was going to be if you have any of the teams on your schedule, you're supposed to play like the next eight of those teams. Well, the the Pacers' next eight games against teams that will be in Orlando is only to Heat one time. It's yeah. Philly, Miami, Phoenix. Right, to play both LA teams. God damn it. No. Well, but the thing is. Uh, we're getting too into the schedule. And I want to say this in front of the show, but like the Lakers are last. The Lakers are going to have clinched the one seed by that game. Like I know saying they're going to rest is dumb when they just rested for like two months. But yeah, I don't think they're going to rest. I don't, 
I don't think Andrew's going to rest. I think it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not pushing my guys when they could get hurt. Are you kidding? When I already no, have. No, but I, I think there's going to be a push to just play to like build reps. So they might. Yes, the they might not play. Not play, but I bet LeBron plays like 20 minutes in there. Yeah, I was say I was thinking they you might get a 20 25 minute game out of 80. Play the Clippers the game before who you know Kawhi might not play that game. Who but knows? Stuff like that. There also could be just um a push in general from like the players to like go out and play every game hard because of the. But like impact, right? Like they're they're getting almost like if they're not going to try, it's the point of having games, right? There's some of that aspect yep. to it as well, right? And and they're like it's almost like as a point for them to show to like the country, like oh, we're trying to like be a an outlet so you can not think about you know the everything that's going on in a way. So I I I, I don't I don't know. I think there might be a less sentiment to kind of do any of that tanking chicanery or like the <laughs> or or the resting just because like. This is a, it's a whole different aspect. Like the games they're playing, like it really, if they're not if they're not going to play LeBron in a game because because he's if he's 100 healthy, then what is the point of playing the game? Like why do we bring everybody back to do this in a way? Yeah, that's how I feel a little bit. But maybe they do. We'll see what happens. But but I, yeah, I and mean, if you're the Lakers, you're you're still thinking maximize playoffs, you know? So maybe. yeah, I mean it's going to be a pull. Certainly, you're going to have a pull between the two. Right. Um, Okay, so we, we got a little head on the schedule. Do you want to take one other break, and then we'll talk a little bit more in depth on, on the schedule? Yeah. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's Locked On Patriot Podcast is also brought to you by Blinkist. Blinkist is one of the most useful apps on your phone. One of the ultimate life hacks. A secret weapon to learning new things and getting ahead. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, Condense them down into 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to. If you use Blinkist when you're driving, well, I guess you don't drive much now, but when you're driving, when you're traveling, when you're working out, when you're making breakfast, whatever, you can use it anytime and you can get a, any of a large section of nonfiction or fiction books condensed down into 15 minutes of easy to digest bites. And right now, for limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash MBA and try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash MBA to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll save $25 off, but when, but only when you use Blinkist.com slash MBA. All right, Tony, so we were talking about the schedule, and we got a little bit ahead of ourselves, but the Patriots have a pretty tough schedule if you look at it, right? I don't know how I disagree. Is. I 1,000% disagree. Okay, so let me read off the team. Because... Can I read off the team names real quick before we? Go ahead. So go ahead. If, it, if it follows, it would go Sixers, Heat, Suns, Magic, Rockets, Kings, Lakers, Clippers. Yep, Clippers, Lakers. Flip them, oh, sorry, Clippers, Lakers. Um, of that, they're talking probably two of the three best teams, and then they're talking, there's what, five playoff teams in there, right? Six. Uh, Suns are not one. Kings are probably not one. Technically, the, these are the 22 best teams in the league. Like, every team's schedule is going to be hard. No, I I think the fact that they got three under 500 teams is huge. 
No, but I think the other thing you look at, they played two of the best three teams in the league, and they played two games against critical – well, could be critical games in terms of seeding, right? So the, sure. the, pre, they, the, the pressure on those games harder. is more important too, I guess. They're important. They're not harder. Yeah, they're maybe that's that's probably the right way to put it, right? They're more like, I think – I don't think it's it's easy. It's, I'd say it's like average because, like, if you're playing the Suns in this, you know, the Wizards are obviously the dream team to have on your schedule. If you get the Suns and the Magic, that's huge. Yeah, I wonder – I bet you know who probably has the hardest schedule? The Grizzlies, probably? No, the Suns, they can't play Oh, themselves. the Suns, yeah, because they can't play themselves. And they have all West teams. I wonder what theirs is. I'm going to look it up, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure somebody will have when they do have a strength of schedule lineup. But I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into schedules when they're officially released. I already said that. Well, we'll, so, we'll, we'll get into other teams, too. But I am, I'm imagining if those two first games are, in fact, accurate. Uh, you'll we'll know a lot of what the Pacers seeds could end up being after the the Sixers and you know I didn't I forgot but they also kind of avoided another mini West Coast road trip too then the year they did also they nice little kind I think Sacramento what's interesting the LA, they missed that one yeah. yeah I think what's interesting is I guess how they're supposed to play Boston twice in the year or was that last year I guess they have been last just year just one more time they already had played the one remember it was their last game all That's right fair. this one is really hard ready okay Go Dallas ahead. Clippers Dallas. Pacers, and then they get the Wizards, and then Sixers, Heat, Thunder. Again, they don't play the two of the three best teams. That's not impossible, really. but that, that's I, that's the Wizards. I, this is probably hard too. I do think though, playing this is if this is accurate because like the way it's described is impossible for every team. So this is all kind of guesswork. I know a lot of it's close, but yeah, but you have to remember too. There, I I do think if you have to play the, I guess the Clippers record is not as much as I thought it was, but like if you have to play the Bucks or the Lakers, it's gonna be a huge. Out of eight games, it's going to completely skew the strength of schedule. Yeah. They're so far ahead in the standings for everybody okay, else. Okay, the Wizards is the hardest. <laughs> Sold. Okay. Celtics, Thunder, Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Celtics, Suns, Bucks. <laughs> okay, playing the Bucks twice. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wonder <laughs> the if they either. The Wizards? Why are the Wizards going to try? Because they make the play-in game no matter what. There's only nine teams in the East. No, but remember, you have to be within four games, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're five and a half. So they have to get to. That's true. They have to try a little bit, but not that hard. Yeah, they do. Because what's the magic schedule? Don't don't read the magic schedule. Two and a half back. Oh, we're we're getting. Do not read the magic schedule. I don't need you to read it to me. It's fine. Um, <laughs> they're a game and a half back of the magic for the for four game and a half back of four games from the magic. Okay, and that's not too bad. I mean, the they probably have to go like six and two, seven and one. I would guess. Uh, if the Magic go 500, that'd be about – that'd be right. Right. I bet they have to probably go six and two, if I had to guess, to at least at minimum. And then they have to win two in a row. But, they, you know, Bill will get hot for all we know, right? He's really well, the, the five of the Pacers' eight games were going to be road games, like you just said with the West Coast road trip. So that – in that way. And three of the road games were the three best teams they're going to play, Philly and the two LA teams. So in that way – well, Houston might be better than Philly. I don't know. Whatever. They did get help from that because there's no road games anymore, right? There's no court – quote-unquote advantage so that's good that's helpful yes it is that's nice uh i haven't looked at philly and miami schedules but i'm assuming it's about the same in terms of difficulty as the pacers but yeah i don't i i get that it's going to like it's daunting in names but i think given the teams available it's not that bad and we know they so they actually went seven and five against the group of teams that they have this season well, it's they beat the Lakers, didn't they? The yeah, beating the Lakers is good. <laughs> did LeBron not play? AD. Did not. AD didn't play. I can't remember which one. Okay. Uh, has Vic played against any of these teams? A single one of them? Uh, I, them. I don't think so. I remember yeah. they lost They lost like six straight games to non-playoff teams. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, so Vic hasn't played against any of these teams. Lifetime ago. So I know he wasn't great when he returned, but I don't think 
outside of AD, who's substantially better, obviously. I mean, we don't. I mean, that, we didn't talk about. It. We don't know what kind of Vic we're going to get because he's not going to be right. like actually a bit healthy. I don't know how he's well, conditioning. I think our show next week should be about that. The yeah. Health stuff because that's a big deal. Well, I mean, especially just two sentences now. Like, does this help? Assuming Vic is truly getting a lot bodily stronger, I find it hard to believe many teams benefit more than the Pacers from the suspension. But there's a chance it's it's harmful. Like he was getting in a rhythm, so who knows? Yeah, but the question is, is he able to like I don't know, run ten miles a day and get in great conditioning shape? Yeah, because that's the key. Something else to do? Because that was his issue, right? You see, they're not they're not testing for PEDs in Orlando. Oh, interesting. (laughs) You really okay? It's a side note, I know, but do you really think that many NBA players are on PEDs? I don't know if they are. I think they're probably because. Well, what happened with um, I forget which one it was this season. It was either Aiton or Collins. They got they didn't get test positive for PEDs. Aiden. They tested positive for something that's like supposed to hide it or something. Which no, means- he yeah he tested positive for that thing that dilutes your urine. So you yeah, can- yeah. So that made me be like, hmm. <laughs> but I I, I I feel like there's like I don't want to put there's too many nat there's so many natural remedies now and so many different like ways. I don't know. We've reached a point. Now. I have no idea. We're yeah we're going to yeah we're like I don't I don't know if PD I, also I don't know if PD is going to help Vic. I think his biggest problem was his conditioning. Yeah. Right. So should, should we do a, we were tied in our schedule contest. Should we do it for these games? Oh yeah, I guess we should. We'll just <laughs> to break the tie, it. we have to do it. We'll end up being split, and it'll be done in the playoffs. I know. Well, like yeah, the, I, so, to beat the Lakers and the number of minutes LeBron. This is this is because related in the playoffs. How do you handicap a game one when there's no home court? Right. Like usually, yeah. I'd be like, oh, game one usually goes to the home team, and well, game two is when the road team comes back and tries to win. Like Dave McMenamin wrote an article about how they're trying to get some sort of home court advantage. And some of them were silly, like I, t- I talked to you before the show about this. But some of them were silly, like you can designate an extra player for an extra foul or something like that. Like that changes the game so I, much. I think the the home team should choose the music. That's the most not like <laughs> like most fair. The one that actually made sense was they picked the hotel they're in, so they could be like, closer to the stadium. That actually would be beneficial, but not a big deal, you know. Yeah, well, that's why the music at the stadium also wouldn't. You know music I mean? is a good one. I mean, if they're gonna pump in crowd noise, maybe you get the because pump they're in. shipping. They're they're talking about shipping in the literal courts for the courts, which, which is, seems like a pain in the ass and a waste of money. Yes, yeah. If that really helps you play better, also that's the crazy but uh yeah that's something that's being talked about and what's the other thing i saw oh this one's kind of impactful it was there's a jump ball and then the home team gets the ball to start the second third and fourth quarters i don't know about that maybe give them an extra possession i guess that's not good that's probably not good then I mean, that's probably too Zach much. Zach Lowe right? on the jump was basically like, who cares? Like, who's the better basketball team? I was like, No, yes. that's true. I mean, the, it, it will really – I mean, we usually do that anyway, but it really will say who's the better basketball team because there's not going to be a lot yeah. of – there'll be a lot of have the discipline and focus. Um, I'm interested right. to see how they also – they bring the players in and they allowed to interact with each other. Like, are we going to have, like, some of this, like, Dream Team 92 stuff where you have, like, MJ, <laughs> you know, players from the same te- – opposite teams gambling until 2 o'clock at night or something like that? Like, are they going to want that? I imagine – there won't be like outside of games. I doubt the Pacers will spend a lot of time with non-Pacers guys. Well, I'm wondering that too, because case somebody just positive, they just isolate. Yeah, they'll them. try to avoid that as much as possible. Maybe they'll have like specific days where the Pacers can like do the whatever part of the complex. And then, well, right, and then the families can't come in until the second round, right? That's when yep, this yep. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, that's an incentive the second round, I guess. I mean, like I bet they get like a floor of their hotel or something. Yeah, maybe even more. Probably a couple. I mean, I yeah, I don't know how it's gonna. I mean, it's going to be a logistical nightmare, but that's why the NBA is worth, you know, four or $5 billion. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to handle home court, but it, it, like without your fans there, it, there's just not much you can do. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. 
without the fans not at the comforts of the the home right the so, keeping home too is sleeping in your own bed right you know your own your own routine and which matters in these games because they play Philly, which would have been a road game where Philly was unbeatable, basically. Well, and it matters because Philly's 22 and nine, 29 and two at yeah. home and, and like not that on the road. <laughs> you know. Warren shot like 15 for 17. Jeremy Lamb was great. Brogdon was amazing. Miles was good. Sabonis so was good. Lost. And they still lost. Philly <laughs> was 10 and 24 on the road. I mean, that, I mean that's. Yeah. I can't tell whether this helps or hurt them because like now they're on the road game. Also, well, not technically road games, exactly. Yeah. I mean, ultimately what's going to happen is the best teams are going to probably prevail because this is going to be just a, more of a who is the best. And then we'll, I agree. we'll see. I mean, I, I have a feeling we'll probably get a chalk to the East Conference Finals in terms of like just – we might have some mix-ups in between, like a 4-5 or 3-6. Almost certainly. Yeah, and I think in, in L.A., L.A., as long as injuries don't affect anything, I imagine that. As long as – if seating holds, like if, if L.A. Clippers falls to – well, I guess they'd have to fall to four. Never mind. Yeah, yeah that's probably three, what I'd say. Clippers are three ahead of four. That's and that's that's a lot with a lot of eight games, games make up. Which is I, yeah, I mean, this is selfish, but I'm psyched for an LALA series. So yeah, I mean, I think the Sabers <laughs> just won't be in Los Angeles. That was kind of exciting yeah. to see how that would play. Well, out. Every game is a game at that point for the Lakers, though. So I guess yeah, no, that's what I mean. It'd be kind of funny. It'd been funny to see like seven straight Lakers home games. Yeah, but. man, I never even thought about that. But yeah, so. I think that I'm I'm kind of glad the playoffs are still east west for some reason. I don't really know why. Even though I think it would have been cool to switch it up, from a Pacers standpoint, I'd be glad. It was Can I give you the one thing I'm most excited about by this whole thing? The, the basketball back. Well, no, I mean the next thing. Oh, what's the next? That thing? means the season next year is starting in December. Yeah, oh. that's gonna be cool. There's no that way. said the NBA wants December first, but there's no way the players. That's, are that's seven back. weeks between. Oh my god. Yeah, there's the no way the players are doing that. I mean, they're, they're got, what they're going to have to figure out is do they play a short season next year again? You think it's going to be Christmas for next year's start date? I don't know if it's Christmas. Maybe it might be a couple, week before then. But um, Oh, wow. Man, I see – we did a bet in the Fieldhouse group chat. I, I'll publicize this so people can hold me accountable. I said after Christmas, and everybody uh, else said Christmas or before. So looking very much like I'm going to lose, but the player so has my back here. It looks the reason like, I, I say Christmas or earlier is because I think they have to play Christmas Day games. I mean, I think there's money. There's a lot of money tied to those games. 100% they have to play those. So they'll be Christmas Day games because of that reason. Yeah, I guess that's a good So thing. it might be this. You're right. It might be the start. I thought they might start week before and play some games and do that, whatever it is. That, and then I think the question will be, do they play like a – like, first of all, do they have to be back isolated by December again, right? So they have to do a bubble thing again in December for a while. So then do they play say like – if they, if they can start in December – they could probably finish the season by May and finish the finals in August, and then next, the 2021-22 season will be back to normal. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I was thinking they get if also if they do a bubble or they do two bubbles, let's say for next season, because like this could still be an issue. This is not just gonna, might not just go away right. by December, yeah. right? Yeah. So they could they also could play more games because there's not as much travel. You could play every other day without there being as much of an issue because of all not all this travel, right? That's the big right. thing about this whole thing is players would complain about playing so much because of the travel and all that stuff. But if you're isolated in a bubble. Playing every other day is fine. It's just not yep. the same. I mean, it, maybe there's some injury currency. Hey, actually, the league said because of logistics, every team will have one back-to-back. So that could matter for the Pacers' schedule. Yeah. It's, if Suns Orlando is their back-to-back, suddenly they're, they're easy back to two games in a row. Got a yeah, but we matter. Back-to-back are not going to be the same, too, because you're not traveling. It's just different. I mean, you don't always travel, I guess, but like for one team is traveling sometimes. I mean, it's, it's just different. But. The goal should, should technically be – if you were the Pacers, you'd like it to be the LA LA is the back to back because it's already hard. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. And I think by that point, we'll know the seed, to be honest. 
six games. And we play six games, and I think we'll know pretty much how it's going to fall. Yeah. So I'm excited, though. I'm excited for basketball. Man, I'm this glad is... we have official return to bat. I mean, again, I, I would like the safety questions to be answered. Yeah. But well, I'm imagining that's going to come very soon, and then we can focus on basketball. And we don't have to, like, make up random draft topics to talk yeah. about. I mean, I, I, I told you before the show, this is, this is the first podcast I've been excited to since the end of the season. Yeah. Your I mean, phone reflected it last week, Adam. You were, like, sad the whole time. Well, there was some other things going on, Tony. It was, oh, uh, that's true. And too it was – I mean, they're still fine. going on, but you it was – You got me that time. You got me that time. Yeah, there was, it was still going It's still going on. Um, but um, we did a whole podcast on that for last Friday. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, this will, we'll talk about this probably – into next week for sure with schedules and then maybe the health thing we were talking about as well. And within the next two weeks, I'm guessing because, you know, the Pacers were had media for Brogdon and Pritchard um, on Friday, which I'm initially Kevin Pritchard even said like was going to be about the return, but he didn't talk about that at all, which was awesome. But I'm guessing they're going to have something else in terms of a press conference talking about the return once it's more ironed out. And then, you know, we'll get comments to talk about too. So we'll have all the return stuff. Um, coming up, and then come July when they're in training camp mode, we will we'll get ready. We're excited. Yep, I'm excited. As always, you can follow the Locked On Pacers podcast at Locked On Pacers on Twitter. You can follow Tony at T East MBA. You can follow me at Freeman Adam Five. That is all for Locked On Pacers podcast, and we will see you guys again later this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.